Chicago hard, Chicago hard, Chicago hard. Up and into them, right from the start of the game. Chicago State of Mind. We are a Chicago sports podcast from the perspectives of three Southside guys with an unapologetic Chicago bias. If this city could talk, it would say Chicago versus everybody. I'm DC. I'm A-Dub. I'm Press. Fellas, what's good? Man, I can't call it, man. I'm still over here uh, happy about my first place White Sox, man, and excited about Justin Fields. How about y'all, brothers? I'm doing good over here, Perez. Hey, man, I'm excited about Justin Fields just as well as you are. Lots of fields to discuss. Justin Fields, Fields of Dreams, Strawberry Field Salads, if that's your thing. But either way it goes, D.C. is is all good in the neighborhood. I love it. I see what you did there, D.C. I feel the vibes. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, audience, as always, this podcast is brought to you guys by Crave It. Please join us on our exclusive community on Crave It, Chicago Versus, V-E-R-S-U-S. The app is available on Apple and Android applications. Now, since you guys were definitely wanting to talk about this, let's just go ahead and just jump head first. Let's just dive into this Justin Fields talk. Fellas, how was y'all feeling about that first game from Justin Fields? Prez, I was feeling excited, bro. Got a chance to see my man do his thing. It didn't start off how we wanted to start off. But, man, did it end extremely well. The guy got some touchdowns. So I was excited to see that happening, Perez. Same. I echo that, man. Very impressive. Hats off to this kid for bouncing back, faced a little bit of adversity, but finished strong, like A-Dub said. So definitely, definitely great, great impression that he left on me. Yes, sir. And audience, uh, A-Dub and I, we were at the game, so we got to see it firsthand. Uh, that first touchdown was actually scored the end zone where, where my seats are. And I'm going to tell you one thing, the fucking volume in that stadium, I've never heard it that loud for a preseason game in my life. I mean, we're talking about a preseason game. First of all, why was I even at a preseason game? Oh, you know why? Because of Justin Fields. That's right. <laughs> That's right, sir. That kid was awesome. For anyone who needs to hear this, this is Press talking to you. You're allowed to be excited about Justin Fields right now. Now, I know in Chicago, we're used to being pessimistic about early success from a quarterback because we've been jaded, man. We've been hurt so many times. It's our trauma that won't allow us to appreciate good things that come our way. But I'm telling you guys, just listen to Press here. I think it's okay for us to be excited about this. One. I don't know about how you guys feel about it, but it's okay for us to be excited about this guy. And do not sit here and pick apart the performance based on who he was playing against. I don't care that it was second strings or third strings. I don't give a fuck. That man <laughs> out. Yes, he did, Prez. You can see that he's very intelligent. He can read the field. He can read how the defense, uh, how they're playing against him. He can make adjustments. And the one thing that you cannot stop 
is his mobility, the way he runs, Perez, and the way he can get guys open, direct traffic. Those kind of things you look for in the quarterback. And when you can do that to extend plays, you put yourself on a whole other level. And I'm telling you, we have a right to be excited about this one. I will say we got this pick right. Damn right. We definitely did. And the eye test never lies. And from what I saw, this kid is not phased by the moment. And he, like, like I said earlier, he can bounce back quickly. So he's, he's in tune with his own game. And he knows what he has to do to take it up a, a notch. So you need that out of your quarterback. Yep. And, and DC, to that point that you just made, the eye test. I think that was the biggest thing that A-Dub and I saw. The kid has it. And you can't teach it, right? You see that right. you got it or you don't. And he has it. I'm telling you, A-Dub, when I saw him in that third quarter, I said, I have not seen a quarterback on this team that I knew. Because you just can tell when he got back there and he started making them throws. I'm like, oh, we about to march you down the field. What did I say to you, A-Dub? I'm like, he about to score here. You said it, Prez. You called it out. We had all the momentum. He had all the momentum. And the one thing that I will say that occurred when he scored that touchdown is that how it ignited our defense. I mean, the defense was on charge after that, Prez. And it was like, hey, the stadium went was electric. The fans went crazy. The defense went crazy. We know that in this town, we've been quarterback starved. When you think of Chicago, you think about running backs, you think about defenses when it comes to the Bears. But Justin Fields is about right. to change all of that, and I'm here for every single moment of that. I am here for every single moment of that. You're not by yourself on that, Perez. I can't wait for him to play his first real game, his first regular season game. I'm looking forward to it. But, man, just imagine when he plays his first regular season game, how excited we're going to be about that as well. Hey, I'm ready for it. I got my popcorn like Michael Jackson in that Thriller movie theater. Uh, (laughs) That's one of the best gifts ever. One of the best gifts ever, by the way. All right, well, fellas, we're going to deviate from some Chicago talk just for a quick sec because I saw something that our brother Hove was involved with. And you know this is the Chicago state of mind. But I want to give a little little love and a little kudos to Jay-Z real quick. So I saw there, fellas, where he applied for a sports betting license there in New York. Fuck New York, but this is just about Hove. (laughs) Yeah, man. A great move for New York because I know they're they're just feeling it right now. Between the Knicks being good again and what Jada Kiss did to Dipset, like New York's got a certain energy right now. So I feel like they're gonna go ahead and approve because he he's Jay-Z. Come on, man. Like, come on. Come on. Well, so this is my thing when I look at this whole situation. So not only is it Jay-Z, not only is it there in New York. But he's got a team of heavy hitters that are with him. So it almost kind of seems like it's a far-going conclusion that he's going to get this. And it's just the latest example of Jay-Z and his hustle. Now, a lot of people may call him out and criticize him and say he does anything for a buck. But, man, the guy's a billionaire, and he's trying to even deep. He's trying to dig even deeper into that billionaire bag. I mean, if he gets this sports book, guys, do you know how much money that's going to be in his pockets? Sheesh. You got to give him credit, man. A lot of things he's done – in his portfolio, dealing with the adult beverages to being part of a basketball team, you know, with having some ownership there. You just see all the things he's done outside of the rap game, right? And you can say, wow, this guy really has grown. It's not a, a fluke on why this guy is a billionaire. He has done all the right things, man, to get him to that point. And this is another chapter right here. What I'll say about it that's, that's really remarkable is that this man is showing you that at the highest levels, when you've got hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars, Don't be afraid to step outside of your comfort zone and learn something new. 
go into a different industry. Like you see, he's done title, like you said, the beverage industry. He's getting in different circles, learning about what makes those industries work well. And then he's applying his strategy, his philosophy as a businessman towards that to make a profit. So he's showing you, like, you could do different things and expand yourself. That's what you see in him, a businessman who's, like you said, stepping outside the box and challenging himself and going to new heights. Also, too, you got to take calculated risk. And when I saw the fact that he's going up against FanDuel, DraftKings, BetMGM, Caesar Sportsbook, WinBet, these are all people that have just been big names in that sports betting arena. So now with Jay-Z trying to enter his hat in the ring and the fact that they're only going to pick two of the six, it would be a major surprise to me if Jay-Z's team doesn't get uh, selected for this. Also, he's got Michael Rubin, the 76ers president. He's also in the mix. So I'm telling you, Jay-Z, he's a sleeper in this whole competition, man. And this is the thing, too. When I look at this whole situation, not only is he the most prominent public figure that's going to be applying for a license, fellas, but he's the only black applicant. Think about that for a second. A lot of these other corporations, they may have some black employees or, you know, black executives, but he's going to be the actual licensee if he's approved. I just want that to sink into everybody that's listening to this show right now because there's levels to this shit. He's writing the history books as we speak. This is like live history happening. They're going to be they're going to be writing about what Jay-Z's doing. They're going to be like, man, remember back in the 20s, Jay-Z, first black licensee in an industry that is for sure going to take off more. I think it was like $1.5 trillion or billion dollars or something like that. It was a crazy figure for the online sports betting industry. So it's only going to go up from here. Yeah, it was $1.5 billion. And that's some serious money. And I'm telling you, they got some of my money last year. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) (laughs) I'm quite sure, (laughs) friends. But no, man, at the end of the day on this one, man, big ups to to Jay-Z. It's just showing you that hustle. I mean, this is somebody that grew up in the projects. And I just wanted to talk about this with you guys because I just respect the hustle, man. I mean, this is somebody that came from nothing that has built generational wealth after wealth. And for any of us that are out here trying to build something like we're trying to do with this platform, all it takes is, you know, ingenuity, you know, the hustle and the striking at the right time. And that's what I've seen from Jay-Z. When I look at back at how he got to this point, it's a combination of all those things. And so I just think that anyone that's listening to this episode or listening to this show, if you got an idea, if you got some sort of a thing that you think that you could put out there to the masses, do that shit. Don't think twice about it. Because the longer you sit on something, somebody else is going to do it. And you're going to be sitting there talking about what you could have done and what you should have done. It's not. It's no time for that. Life is too short. Make your moves. No regrets. Well said, Prez. Got to continue grinding and put the work in. That's right. Don't ever be afraid to step out on a limb because, damn it, like you just might fly if you fall off. So as somebody that's out here on a limb is these damn bulls. Now, we were all happy about that Lonzo Ball acquisition. But one thing we didn't talk about last week, fellas, was the fact that the bulls are being investigated for tampering charges. So I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that one because I'm like, Man, they can't ever see, boy, they out here. They like, they getting with the rest of them in the NBA up here doing that illegal shit now. <laughs> Beggars can't be choosers because as Bulls fans, we've wanted an aggressive front office for years. I feel like it's like a Ric Flair type vibe. Like they, they if they got to be the dirtiest players in the game just to get the job done, then damn it, that's what you got to do. But, you know, in no way, in no way do I advocate 
you know, bending and breaking those rules. But you do see that they're proactive. You know, that's the point. You know, I, we have a front office that is going to do, you know, what it needs to uh, be done. You know, so hey, hats off to them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm just waiting to see what's going to be the outcome of all this prayers. I'm curious to know if there was anybody tempering who. What happened? What was shared? Who reached out to Lonzo Ball? I'm wondering. I'm curious. I don't think there's any tampering, but we'll just see what the investigation says. But the fact that the Bulls are in that because we made a move so swiftly with getting Alonzo Ball. So I don't know. I can't quite say our Bulls are tampering. We'll see what happens. One thing I will say, I got to give AK and those guys props because, hey, they move fast on Lonzo Ball. They got him over here. And we've been talking about getting him for quite a while anyhow for it. So doesn't quite shock me. But the thing is, we'll see what the NBA does. Well, I mean, he was a target at the trade deadline. A lot of us thought that we were going to get him then, right? But at the right, same right. time, we know how the NBA is about these sign and trade deals. Because let's just be honest here. Lonzo was not only a restricted uh, free agent, but the Bulls had to work out a sign and trade with the Pelicans, they got all that shit done at the stroke of midnight. So <laughs> right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> it happened so fast, man. You're like, oh, whoa, got them already? Free agency just happened. So that's probably why they got why they're a little concerned, Perez. I get it. But you know, I know players talk, right? They communicate. So we'll see what the findings come out this investigation. The whole tampering thing, you gotta take a, a closer look and re-examine it because like you said, the players talk. I mean, what are they going to, are they looking at uh, Miami because Kyle Lowry played in Tampa and he just enjoyed Florida weather. So he would just hit Jimmy Butler up and be like, Hey, what's it like to play in Miami? How deep down the rabbit hole are you going to go right. to investigate? You know, that's my question because again, this is the age of social media. You could just tweet something. Oh, is that tampering? Come on now. Well, it's a slippery yeah, slope. Remember this summer of LeBron when Magic Johnson kept getting slapped with, with fines for tweets and things of that nature. So just know that the NBA is uber sensitive to this shit because they don't want their perception out there about their league. Did LeBron get slapped on the hand? I know Magic did, but, you know, LeBron was talking about, hey, well, how many players he want to play with? And I didn't see a fine come his way. So I wondered, like you say, how far this rabbit hole goes, DC, when you talk about guys who are tampering or players who are tampering. What's that look like? Where's the gray area, right? So I think they need to really analyze that situation. Listen, they ain't going to find LeBron. LeBron broke COVID protocol and they still let him play in the playoffs. <laughs> don't talk to me about no LeBron getting fined. <laughs> they don't want to touch him. They ain't going to touch him. Shit, they, we, shit, LeBron was out there at the finals drinking his own tequila in Phoenix. LeBron ain't worried about nothing or nobody. Nothing at all. Now, I do want to get you guys' thoughts because last offseason, we saw the Milwaukee Bucks. They were found guilty of tampering, and they the league rescinded their deal because, remember, they got Boganovich, I think it was, right? And right. they overturned that acquisition, and he ended up going to the Hawks. So in this situation with Lonzo, they're not going to avoid the deal. So he's going to stay at Chicago. But however, fellas, they're talking about there's going to be a hefty fine coming the Bulls' way. That's what I'm afraid of, Perez. Is it monetary? Is it draft picks? You know, what's all going to be um, involved in this? So you you wonder, right? I hope there's no tempering. But again, if it is, what that penalty, what that price going to be? Because that does matter. We've already given them draft picks already, Perez, for the future. Now you wonder how far this is going to go. Yeah, hopefully it's uh, just cash considerations. <laughs> you know, like just find find the Ryan's dwarfs if, if if need be. Don't take away all our picks because you know, knock on wood. You know, hopefully we won't need those picks. 
down the line. <laughs> Think about it. When you look at teams that are like, look at the Warriors of recent memory. They were picking 28th, 29th, 30th. So they were picking like right at the end of the first round because they were dominating the league year in and year out. So, you know, hopefully the penalty won't be as severe where we don't really feel those first round picks. And, you know, hopefully it's just cash or something like that. Well, I'll tell you one thing. You guys know from last week's episode, I'm really not feeling all these draft picks that AK has been giving away. He's been giving that shit away like fucking... I ain't even going to go there. He's been giving away a lot of draft picks. <laughs> <laughs> I almost went somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> Let's say that man giving it up, though. <laughs> we give up a lot of those boys lately. Man, bro, I, I totally feel you on that, Perez. But we don't have time to give up anymore. That's what I would say. Yeah, but now what I did read, though, is the NBA, they upgraded the tampering fine. They said it's $10 million for teams that open that basically communication window too soon. So that's kind of what we're probably looking at. And they do some crazy shit, guys. They, like, look at phone records, text messages, emails. So. They got Joey Greco on the case. They man, looking at right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, they going deep, press. They really are, DC. They trying to make sure, hey, whoever said something or did something – they got it all on record, man. I just want to see the camera crew pop out the, the van with Adam Silver going up to the, not the Bertel Center, going up to the United Center. It's just like you were caught cheating. How do you explain yourself? Oh, that would be that episode of <laughs> Cheaters without Adam Silver edition. <laughs> right. Or, or, or he popped pop up. Or he pop out like Chris Hansen and shit. <laughs> and AK just standing there with a fucking uh, four pack of wine coolers and shit like the weirdos, man. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to get back to the show. <laughs> so <laughs> the other thing I wanted to talk to y'all about while we're talking about the Chicago Bulls is Summer League. So I want to get you guys' thoughts on Summer League because for me, when I'm looking at the Bulls, to me, have had an up and down summer league, and then I saw what Patrick Williams left. So, I want to kind of get you guys' overall thoughts on what you've seen and what you've liked and what you've disliked. There was a couple of things here, Perez, that I did like. We saw that IO start to pick things up, you know, especially after he signed that nice contract with the Bulls for a couple of years. Shout um, out, IO. Start to, yes, sir. Yes, sir. He started to play better. He started to put things together um, as far as slowing down, letting the game come to him, utilizing pick and pop, Perez, pick and roll picking his spots to where he want to score at. So I got to give him credit, man. I thought he did well to step his game up. And then Marco did the same thing with setting good screens and knowing how to roll to the bucket, knowing what to be, you know, when to be aggressive and pick his spots. So I'll just say I saw a couple of bright spots from those two guys. And speaking of a couple of bright spots, I got to take my hat off to Tyler Bay and Troy Baxter Jr. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Have you seen some of those highlights? Yeah, they've, you, been, yeah. They've, been, they've been sick, bro, especially Tyler Bay. These guys are proven, like, look, man, we need to get in this G League. We need to get signed. We need to get on this team because that's what that's what realistically our future is going to look like, especially we just talked about tampering. If they do end up taking any picks, we're going to have to have guys like this waiting in the wings. Io, from what I saw from him, was very impressive. And again, just another one of those players that can – recognize they don't have as great of a performance as they would like to in that moment. And then they just shift gears and they say, all right, next game or next play, I'm going to adjust it. So um, I saw that from him. Marco, you want to see him shoot a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, raw, his aggressiveness, just the way he plays, his motor, that that was impressive. So 
overall, man, they they had a really good show on it in summer league. No, I agree with what you said there, too. And I think Tyler Bay might be a candidate that may be able to sneak on this roster, man, because I've been really impressed by what I've seen from him, man. Really impressed. Yeah, Chris. I'm rooting for him, man. I hope he makes the roster spot. You're right, because he brings a lot of energy to the team, too. So we'll see what happens there. But I, I like him. I like his motor. I mean, he's a go-getter. So those kind of guys you like on your team as well. So we'll see what happens there. But I am rooting for the guy. Yes, sir. And I mean, you guys brought up Io. And I really want to just take a moment here to give him some credit because as we mentioned on our uh, previous episode, he started off slow. You know, he struggled a little bit. I thought he struggled a little bit with the speed of the game, but you could tell his confidence started to pick up a little bit. You you could tell that he started to believe, you know what, I belong here, right? And you saw that confidence coming back to him because he didn't look very confident in that first game. So now we see Io starting to look like Io again. And imagine what he's going to be able to do once he gets to training camp and he gets now with the big league team, as, the, as, as I call it. It's only going to just basically continue to improve for him. So I'm really excited about what he's going to be able to bring to the table. Yeah, Perez. I like the fact that he's knowing you know, um, how to play very well with the screen and roll, seeing how guys are guarding him, knowing when to go to the basket, knowing when to make the pass. So he made some very good passes out of that. So that was just good to see, you know, that he's actually slowing the game down for himself and pretty much playing under control. So that was good. You're right. He made some adjustments. His confidence is there, and he looked good. Yeah, that confidence is there, and then also just the leadership ability. I mean, when you saw him uh, explode the other day, what was it, like 26 points, seven mm-hmm. assists? He stepped it up, and I feel like he's going to be one of these players Probably coming into the Bulls, not since Chris Duhon, maybe, that can step in where not much is expected of of you in your role and, like, really come in and shine and just say, no, I belong here. I feel like he's going to come in and make that impact, especially with Kobe White out. Man, like, they're going to have to find some minutes for this kid if he's got that kind of approach to the game. Yeah, they're definitely going to have to find some minutes for him, and I think he's going to force his way into that rotation. And also, too, I like the fact that him and Marco – they seem to have a nice little vibe playing with each yes. other. And it seems like they've been able to strike a nice little rapport with one another. They do, Perez. They look good when they play that screen and roll. I think Marco is a pretty willing passer, right, out of that yep. too. So they yep. kind of work very well. You say they work very well together. They start to understand each other. So even just seeing them two on the floor together, Perez, is, is a good thing and how they vibe with each other. You're right. I'll tell you, Io got plenty of good plays off that, that two-man game between those two. And I'll tell you what, the Bulls realize – that Marco is is likely going to be the starting center of the future. I mean, you look at a guy like Vooch, he's 30, 31. Five years down the line, when Marco is, is really hitting his prime, like 24, 25, you could see Vooch, if he's still with the team at that point, moving into that reserve role and letting Marco shine. So, so really developing that chemistry now, like this is only going to benefit them once they, they truly go into their prime because they're going to be the future of the Bulls. No, that's a very, very fair point. And that also just goes to show you that AK – when he saw what he saw in Marco, he identified him as someone that could be a future piece. And I'm going to tell you, I think that was you, DC, that brought that up on the, on the last episode about the work that AK did in Denver to create that team. And look at how far that team went. And that was before Jamal Murray got hurt. And so when I, I look at his vision for this Bulls team and I said, OK, OK, AK, I'm going to let you do what you got to do. I'm not going to make any comments on these Bulls until I see these guys out there on the court this fall. But I'm telling you, he's someone I'm not going to bet against. Can't bet against AK, Perez. He has a success rate. 
And you start to see those signs over here as well with Chicago. He's making a lot of things happen. So got to appreciate the guy like that when we have him. And that's even if he did have that four pack of wine coolest uh, too soon. It's all good, man. It's all good. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys, what do you think is going to happen with Lowry? Uh, we haven't talked about him much in the last couple of weeks, but his future seems like it's a little bit in limbo here. What do you guys think? He's he's one of these guys that, like a Dennis Schroeder, who pigeonholed himself into thinking that his value was higher than what it actually is. So you're seeing now that the market for a seven-foot shooter who really don't play that great of defense and has regressed in every year of his career – there's not much of a market there. So, um, you know, here's where his agent could have done him a, a, a good service here and telling him to basically just shut up, <laughs> you know, shut up and ball, shut up and play. Because um, in the NBA, you go out and earn it. You see Jimmy Butler bet on himself and then look at look at where Jimmy Butler's career is taking him to. I didn't see Larry take advantage of that same opportunity when he could have bet on himself. He's in a tough spot right now. Right now, I'm quite sure the Bulls are looking at possible trades for him. But at this point, it's getting very low, right? Opportunities out there for him. So he could possibly be stuck with us uh, on a qualifying offer sheet for this one season here. And he may have to play through that. But like DC saying, the market is not quite there for him. And it happens, right? This may not be the year for him. It could be next year. You never know. But with that, I know he's disgruntled with the Bulls at this point. And um, he feels he don't belong in Chicago. So hopefully they can find a suitor for him somewhere first where we can trade him. But you just don't know what may happen late. Larry remembers that Jim Boylan was his coach at one time. I'm sure Larry is so tra- traumatized from that experience. You guys don't know what the hell that probably was like for him. And I salute Zach for the way that he handled that situation, too, because Jim Boylan was the biggest clown I've ever seen coach a team in this city. And when I look at the situation with Lowry, I kind of feel bad for him. Yeah, he didn't step up. Yes, he did not do the things that we expected of him as a, as a lottery pick. But I also thought that he was misused in his role here. So me personally looking at this situation, I hope that Lowry comes back on that qualifying offer that you brought up, A-Dub, because then that gives us another chance to have him in his lineup. Then he could go out and try to get his money next offseason, right? Because what's the alternative? I mean, we we do a sign-and-trade for somebody. What are we going to get for him? And I think that's the key right there, Perez. If we do a sign-and-trade, who's coming to Chicago? And that's something we don't know offhand right now. I know AK and those guys in the office, they're working pretty hard, man, to make something happen. But if it can't happen, I want to see, you know, Laurie play a good, have a good year with the Bulls. I know we got a low with the team at this point for us. So his opportunity is probably going to get limited because of that reason. We have other options, but I am hoping for him to be consistent, right? To be efficient. If he can do those things, that'll help earn him a good contract next year if he's with the Bulls this coming season. And I, I really do like Lowry Markinen's game once it is utilized in the right fashion, to your point, Chris. Because again, yeah, his past has been traumatized <laughs> when you look at <laughs> Fred Hoiberg and well, well no, no he wasn't he Jim Boylan was his first coach right or was it Fred it, it was Fred then Jim right Fred then Jim yeah so he didn't get a great uh welcome to the NBA education uh from those two guys if you look at it like hey the Bulls cleaned house got a new front office got a new coach in Billy Donovan he, I'm still leaning towards, he had the opportunity to turn it around. You right. know, he could have been like, you know what? This is a fresh start. The same fresh start that he's asking for now, he had a fresh start a year ago. 
and he didn't take advantage of that opportunity. So that is exactly very true. Very true. Now I will say this: if the Bulls are somehow able to work some sort of a signing trade with him, you guys remember that they have an eleven million dollar trade exemption. So potentially, if AK can work his magic, he can work some sort of a signing trade and fit Lowry's next salary within that trade exemption. I think that would be huge. So I don't know what team that they may be able to work with that still has that type of salary available. Maybe the Mavericks. I don't know. But that's kind of like the only team that I kind of see him playing with, to be honest, at this point. Spurs may have opportunity. You never know, Fred. So there's some teams who still got some young talent who don't look to be making a playoff push um, this coming season. So he may they may want to explore looking at them as well. Maybe the Pelicans. I feel like they should run it back with the uh, Lowry Market and Wendell Carter tandem experiment. They should, uh, Orlando should, should throw some money at Lowry. D- DC must hate the city of Orlando for making that fucking suggestion. I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> Man. <laughs> you are a cruel human being. <laughs> Maybe it was just the environment. I don't know. Maybe it was just, uh, this didn't work out because Chicago's too big of a city. I don't know. Maybe so, man. But I, I had big wishes for Mr. Wakanda when he came here. Remember when, when uh, Wendell Carter Jr. showed up to the draft and he had that, that African safari scarf on? I was like, okay, Wendell, I see you. All right. But then that game of his, I don't know where it was because I never saw it. He was hurt half the damn time when he was here. I'm like, what the hell, Wendell? He was just slow on rotations too, man. Like, oh, the defense don't look as great or as sharp as I thought it would be. Then the offense never really, you know, peaked here either. So it's like, ah. Not the guy we thought you were. Always, you in, always in foul trouble. Did you see the shade that he threw at the Bulls? What did he say, DC? So he had a picture uh, on draft night that he tweeted out or something like that of uh, a Bulls hat with the Bulls logo, like kind of like erased out, like Photoshop, like, you know, like scribbled out. Okay. Like, huh? Okay. You can't, you can't even just acknowledge the Chicago Bulls for, for picking your ass, dude. Like, come on now. Like <laughs> for, 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 for making you a millionaire. I didn't like the pick when we made it. I felt like that should have been Michael Porter Jr. I agree. I agree. I agree. A lot of people though, they was too worried about his back injury. Well, guess what? When I saw him out there playing the last couple of seasons, I couldn't tell that dude had any sort of a back issue. And you know who picked him? Yeah, AK. That's right. We don't always have a good knack for um at least the old regime didn't always have a good look at understanding what talent looks like. So it looks like AK really has that understanding here in Chicago, and he's actually proven that. So kudos to him. Yes, sir. Well, speaking of a regime, we talked about earlier in the open how excited we were for Justin Fields, and that's a new era that's coming here to Chicago. But, fellas, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts as we go into our Chicago Bears segment. What are your thoughts about the second preseason game here? What are you guys looking forward to seeing? What do you guys think we're going to see in this game? Prez, I'll tell you this here. We're going to see more of Justin Fields playing with the starters. That's what I'm looking forward to. Throwing the money moon, A-Rob, those kind of guys, right? Playing with that unit because that's going to be key for us, right? Just seeing it. Give us the whole preview of the fact that of the future that we hope these same guys wouldn't be there, be around at that time frame. We're also going to see Andy Dalton play more as well. So we talk about comparisons with Andy Dalton and Fields. We're going to see what Andy Dalton is going to get out there, right? He's going to get more reps than he got last game for us. So I want to see what he does with those reps. What I'm interested to see is how Mitch Trubisky performs against the Bears. 
That's a good point. That's a <laughs> yep. good damn point. But what he's going to do, because he didn't look so good this past week. So what does he uh, have to say about how his Chicago experience went? Well, listen, he may come back to Soldier Field. He might be fired up, man. He might be pressed. But the one thing about Trubisky, he made this comment last week. He said, nice to be in a place where people want you and care about you, about your progressing as a person and as a player. He made that comment. <laughs> Is that a slap in the face at the Bears? Now, fans may not take that too lightly when he comes to the shot. They may boom. You never know, Perez, so watch out for that. Yeah, I mean, that might have been towards Nagy because, I mean, let's be honest. Shit, I want to be appreciated. I want somebody to care about me. So, Mitch, I'm with you, man. Don't let A-Dub uh, pick on you. It's a very hey, important. Look. <laughs> 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 hey, man, we get that guy all the opportunities we can, man. Nagy tried to give him a shot, and, you know, it didn't work out. You know, he had his chance. He had his opportunity. So, it is what it is. But hopefully he learned from the experience. But making that comment like that, again, a lot of fans who didn't like Mitch may have something to say about that press. We know there's also a lot of fans who did like Mitch, but there's a crowd who didn't. So they may have, again, something to say about that. Yeah, there's a big contingent of Chicago Bears fans that turned on Mitch real quick. Like, you know, like it was, it's, it's kind of like, man, you know, you, you, you see a guy that's just in his head so much and it's frustrating. Because you know he's he's he was picked that high for a reason. Yeah, he's got talent. He's got yeah. talent. Mm-hmm. He just could have put it together here. And, and I don't know whether it was coaching staff, whether it was him, you know, overthinking things. I mean, he had the TV comment that he made about turning the TVs off. So, you know, you could just tell that he was overthinking. And it was he probably was like the example of analysis paralysis. You ever been around somebody that they just think and overthink and overthink? And then when it comes time to perform, it's just like, oh, what happened with that? Yeah, they don't they don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> you probably right about that, Perez. But he may not have been too happy about the fact that he had to go up against Nick Foles as well. Like, hey, you all gonna maybe compete for this job against Nick Foles? Really? You're gonna do this to me? So maybe he has some a problem with that. You just don't know. Listen, I wouldn't want to compete against some Nick Foles either. That's a slap in his damn face. You want me to compete <laughs> against that guy? Right. <laughs> That's how he felt, man. I don't think he liked that at all. No, I wouldn't have liked it either. But I like the, the the thoughts that you guys have about the upcoming game because, to your point, uh, A-Dub, I think we're going to see a lot more of Justin Fields with the ones, which is going to be great to see him going up against the number one defense. And also right. to DC's point about us seeing Mitch coming back here to Chicago. So I'll be kind of curious to see how he performs. I'm also curious to, his, to the point you made, DC, how the fans are going to respond to him. Because if I am if I were at that game, I'm not going to be able to make it to that game on Saturday. But if I was there, I would salute Mitch. You guys both know, man, I still rock with that guy. I thought he was a great guy. He wasn't Jay Cutler. He's everything that Jay Cutler wasn't because I thought Jay Cutler was a piece of shit. So for me, <laughs> I thought Mitch was like a good kid. I just wish it would have worked out better. But at the end of the day, sports, it's a results-oriented business. He didn't get the job done. Move out the way. Now it's about Justin Fields. And so that's where we're at now here in Chicago. That's where we're at, man. It's all about Justin Fields. I just look at it now that Mitch, you in the past. Yeah. And I feel like at the time when Mitch came to Chicago, we were anxious. We wanted him on the field just as much, if not more, than we want Justin Fields on the field. But he just never really got out the gates. Kind of just was stagnant, man. Like <laughs> a couple highlights here, a couple highlights there, but just as overall experience in Chicago could have been better. Yes, sir. So, yes, I'm looking forward to that game. I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, Justin Fields uh, builds on the success that he had in game one. And I'm just really excited, man, for this season to, to, to come into fruition for us. So 
Fellas, we'll see what happens there on Saturday. And listeners, you guys will hear all our Bears thoughts here next week. Let's talk about the Chicago Sky real quick. So they pulled out a really good overtime victory against the Seattle Storm. Seattle Storm are a very, very good team. They were out without their top three players. Their big three was out in that game. But I'm not going to put an asterisk on this win. But, fellas, I want to see how you guys felt about the Chicago Sky's win. I felt good about them, Prez. You're right. You know, Sue Bird didn't play. A couple others didn't play for that team, you know, for the Storm. That's okay. But the thing is, we still didn't take that team lightly. They still came to ball the Storm, and uh, they gave us all that what we can handle. I mean, our girls really played well. Quickly was knocking down shots. Copper was getting to the bucket. We took that game in overtime, man. It really was. It was a tough game. Both teams were making runs back and forth. And then, hey, overtime hits. We, we made some key buckets. And I got to give Candace Parker some props here for making that big bucket late in the game, man, that sealed the deal for us. Tough game, tough fall out. And our girls love to play overtime type games. We had one. Good to see us pull one of them out. Yeah, always. Always good to get a W. A W is a W no matter how you slice it, even if you have three stars out on the opposite side of the court. So great job, Chicago Sky. After an extended break, that's what you want to see. You want to see them, you know, get a little scrappy and, and fight it out tooth and nail. But overall, you know, I think the goal, the goal is still clear that they want to win a championship and, and, and go make a deep run in the playoffs. So best way to start it out. No, it really is. And uh, Kalia Copper, our all-star, man, they leaned on her pretty heavily in that ball game. I thought she played very well. And, of course, Courtney Vandersloot, that's our little general. She had 11 yeah. assists, and she was pushing that tempo, man. And I think that's going to be the key, man, of just making sure that we're pushing that tempo, playing defense, because as we mentioned on the previous episode, defense is going to be the key for the Chicago Sky Ball Club. Yeah, defense is going to be a key, Perez, and we cannot get too careless with the ball. I know sometimes we we throw the ball away with turnovers that hurt us too. But the other thing I will say is a key for us um, moving forward is Allie Quigley. I know you talked about her early on, Perez, about her coming back from injury and what she has actually done to our team as well, along with Candace Parker. Now, I'll tell you, man, she's really been extending that floor with making those big-time threes. She is a specialist. And I'll tell you, we're going to need that three-point shooting for her moving forward. Boy, she is a sniper. My goodness, she pulls up. <laughs> Yes, sir. Now, let me ask you guys this. Given Candace Parker's experience in the league, how would you monitor her minutes down the stretch? Would you just, you know, kind of just free reign, just let her, you know, let her play as much as she wants to? Or do you kind of like have to like pace her along just to make sure she's there for a deep playoff run? She knows her body better than anyone at this point. The fact is, she was hurt early on in the season. I think she also got some nice little rest here with the coming back. I think, um, you know, um, off this layoff here, I think she's good. I really do. I think she's willing to, willing to make the push. I think her minute is not going to be a problem. Um, I know that it depends on how the game is going to flow, the game that would dictate that. But I think coaches do a good job at handling that. So I, I would say in this case here, I think the coach really got a good handle of her, where she's at mentally, physically, and they can make the right call and make the right case with that. But I still think she'll play some heavy minutes on certain games. Yeah, I think they're going to be really careful with her minutes down the stretch. I mean, we have to realize, too, she's had some injuries in her career. She's an older player. So, you know, they just want to be careful with that and make sure that she's prepared for the playoffs. But I think that's right. a fair point, D.C. I think I think the coach, if he was smart, though, he would kind of stagger her minutes a little bit down the stretch. Yeah, I think he will. All right, man. Well, speaking of staggering, A-Dub Chicago Cubs, they had their second 11-game losing streak on the season here. And I don't even want to even go too hard on you on this, man, because at this point, man, I just really just feel nothing but compassion for you and your team right now. So, A-Dub, 
Let's just talk to us real quick, man. What the hell is going on in Wrigleyville? What the hell? <laughs> man, there's a lot going on in Wrigley right now, Prez. We're actually starting over, basically, fellas. You all know this. You heard me say this time after time for you guys. That's what's happening here. I'm shocked to see another 11-game losing streak. I really am shocked about that. I thought we can get at least one game out of 11. But we have not pitched well, Prez. When we do hit, we give a lot of we give a lot of runs as well. So it's been a tough game watching us play because we are not able to pitch at all. And a lot of guys just teeing off on us, man, hitting wise. So it's been it's been tough. It's been hard to watch. But again, I'm all I'm all down for my team. I'm gonna watch every game and see what we do. Man, it's it's, it's tough, man, watching that, man. It, it's just reminded me of when Jackie Robinson West was just beating the shit out of every team back in the day. That's what it looks like when I see the Cubs play. It just looks like one of them Jackie Robinson West opponents. It's sad, man. <laughs> so, Adolf, as a diehard Cubs fan, how, do you still feel the same way you feel about the fire sale? Are you starting to, to change your tune on it? Do you, I mean, have, have your feelings changed since everything's gone down and it's been a couple of weeks? No, my feelings have not changed. You know, the fact is, we couldn't get a, we couldn't get the job done with signing those three players back, our big guys. You know, with Bias, Chris Bryant, and Rizzo. So for that matter, Perez and DC, I knew a trade was going to happen with those guys. The fact that they didn't take the contracts during the time frame they were offered to them. So at this point, we got to deal with what we're going to deal with right now. We made some, we dropped the ball as an organization on signing the back. We didn't get it done, and now this is what the results of that is. I knew once the fire sale happens. This is what's going to happen right here. A team that is going to lose, you're going to now build from the draft and try to move your way up with those prospects. So this is my point that I'm going to make about this. I remember a time when the Cubs were 11 games above 500. I know <laughs> listeners are probably thinking, man, Perez, when was that? It was back in June. Yep. It was all good just a month or two ago. What the hell happened? <laughs> When that first 11-game losing streak occurred, Perez, that's when the fire sale pretty much is intact. Like, you know what? We're now going in the wrong direction. When you go on an 11-game losing streak like that, that puts your team in a very tough spot. Because first of all, we're looking to actually sell off anyway was at one point. But we kind of held on a little bit longer because we were winning. Like you said, we were in first place, Perez. So that delayed moving pieces. So once that 11-game losing streak occurred, the first one was like, hey, now it's time to let loose. <laughs> and I didn't think they're going to let loose like they did with letting everyone go. But they decided, to, hey, you know what? It's the right time to get, get rid of these guys. And that's what the organization did. Hey, I'm telling you, like, you hit the nail on the head, A-Dub, about that 11-game losing streak being, that was, that was it. That reminded me of the scene in Titanic when the boat was, like, all the way up in the air, like, the back of the boat was all the way up <laughs> People was just, like, hanging on, like, just dangling and falling, like, ah, shit. Like, they just, <laughs> like, this this thing is going down pretty much. Just <laughs> Listen, and, and, yeah. A-Dub, and A-Dub somewhere hanging on the rails right now. <laughs> look, man, look, I, I, I got my life jacket, so I'm all good. You know, A-Dub straight. So I'm hanging in there, Prez. It don't look good. I've been through good times. I've been through bad times with my team. So right now, there are bad times. I'm hoping that after this little rodeo for the next two years, we can make a bounce back after that. So right now, that's what we're looking at. we got some nice little young pieces like Rafael Ortega, Patrick Wisdom, some other guys on the team who looks decent, looks solid. And we got some guys, you know, in, um, in the minor leagues who are looking good, too. So we'll see what happens for us. A couple years down the road, right now, it does look ugly, but it is what it is. Yeah, Alec Mills, another guy that I've seen that I thought yep. has been pretty decent in the rotation. So, yeah. Absolutely. 
I mean, so you guys got some, you got some stuff going on. There's some stuff going on. <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Thanks for making me feel a little good right there, friends. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> Listen, man, I told you, compassion over here, man. It's a new presence this week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Well, Jake Arietta. Now, I am happy, though, that the Cubs did allow him to seek greener pastures. Even though he was having a pretty shitty season, he got picked up by the San Diego Padres. And I thought for Arietta, hey, this gives him an opportunity to potentially play some playoff baseball if he can get his pitching back to where it was at one point. All I got to say to that, Perez, is good luck, Padres. Because <laughs> you know what we had? He didn't do too well with us. So if the Padres can somehow... Give him the give him the opportunity to turn back the clock to 2016, 2015, being good for those guys, you know. But right now, as we saw with us, he didn't pitch well. He was getting lit up. Well, hey, it's a no-lose situation for the Padres because if it don't work out, they signed into a minor league deal. They could just say, all right, kick rocks. But if, right. if he's got something left, this is also a former Cy Young Award winner. So right. you never know. You, you never, never know. know. You're right, Fresh. You never know. I, I give him that credit. I give him a fighting chance. He's going to get an opportunity. But I've always wanted to see former players that lead the team do well. I mean, I've seen Chris Bryant go to the Giants. He's doing well. You know, Rizzo was doing well before the whole, what I think, COVID thing hit, whatever. But, yeah, you want to see guys do well. So, for me, if he does well with for the Padres, that's good for him. You know, I want to see those guys do that. But, again, at the end of the day, if he doesn't, it won't surprise me. Oh, fair point. Fair point. Well, audience – you guys know I always like to end these shows on a good note, a happy note. So we're going to talk about the first place White Sox. Because that's really <laughs> why you guys tune into this show. Because you want to hear about winners, right? Because winners win. And that's what the White Sox do. Now, fellas, DC, you talked earlier in the show about Field of Dreams. And I'm telling you, that Field of Dreams game that they had there with the Sox and the Yankees, that was must-see TV. And I wish I could have been out there. That shit was so fucking raw. It looks so cold. That was special. Definitely was special there, Perez. Watching those guys play not that far from the Field of Dreams with the cornfields and all that stuff, man. It was awesome. You know, you got Kevin Costner coming out there. You know, it, it was just good, man. Good vibe. Your White Sox won the game at that in dramatic fashion. Which yes, is sir. Great. Your boy Tim Anderson hitting the home run. It was just good, man. The Yankees showed their game as well, too. Gave the fans what they wanted to see. So it was epic, man. It's something that I want to see happen again but yeah i was definitely amazed by it. i gotta get an mlb props for that they pulling a good show well, on top of that kevin costner coming out and giving that little speech now i'm saying you know if i was a mere mortal man that might have done something to me because that speech i was like <laughs> okay all right costner <laughs> <laughs> absolutely friends he did his thing man i gotta give it to him man salute to kevin costner man yes sir and shout out to my boy little uzi aka tim anderson because he won that game with the two-run shot and it was so many people, they were asking me, they're like, what was that move that he was doing around first base when he kept putting both of his fists under his chin? I said, that's called swag. I, you can ask him because you got none of it. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, Tim Anderson's a star. I do like his swag, Perez. I mean, if you talk about a guy that can be marketed and all those great things, Tim Anderson's one of those players, man. And I think people need to give him a little bit more credit than what they do. The kid is a star. He shows it. He's been consistent, Perez. He's a baller, man. He's a gamer. And you got to roll with a guy like that. For me, he's my favorite player on the White Sox. You know, I'm not a White Sox fan, but I do like Tim Anderson, man. I would love to have that guy on the, on the Cubs. But, yeah, he's the guy that I root for. 
Nah, he wouldn't even look right in that uniform at all, man. He's Whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what they say? Good guys wear black. And so that's that's where that stands right there. I don't but know dude, about that, though. <laughs> oh, wow. This guy over here. Listen, see, CTC, what happened? I get this guy. I just give him a little bit of rope. I try to be nice to him. <laughs> and these are the thanks that I get, A-Dub. <laughs> I got to, because you know what? Sometimes, I'm telling you, sometimes, DC, this guy can be sarcastic. You got to look behind all that stuff, man. He'll throw me a little bone right there, then he'll take it back. You know what I'm saying? So I got to get my deals in when I can. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway. Um, <laughs> what's up with this closer situation with the Sox? So you guys know we picked up uh, the closer from the Cubs, and I was very happy about Kimbrel coming over. But right. the Sox, we had our own closer, Hendricks. Mm-hmm. So now, in essence, I talked about it on the last episode that I said, hey, this is a good problem to have because you have two basically big-time closers that you can utilize in the playoffs in these high-pressure situations. However, I've seen Kimbrell come in and give up a lot of fucking home runs and give up a lot of hits. And then we've also seen Hendricks kind of blow a couple saves late. So I've kind of been looking at this closer situation like, uh, what's going on here, boys? Maybe they're putting too much pressure on each other, Press, because they both want that same job, right? <laughs> you got to go out there and perform under pressure like that. So for me, I think Kimber was one of those guys who was doing very well for the Cubs, right? He was. I mean, he was lights out, Press, and now you throw him into a unique role, right? So where right now he's probably more the setup guy, more so than the guy that was that was closing. And then you got your boy over there, you know, Hendricks, who is now blown a few of them, right? So you got to wonder, like, hey, should we switch their position? Maybe he'd be the guy with the setup man and then let Kimbrell close. But that's something they're going to have to ponder right there, Perez. Who's going to be the guy to give you all the best chance to close out the game? I also have been playing well better lately. I will say I think Kimbrell has been playing better than Hendricks lately. So, but you want to see that. So these guys play well, but you got to have to make a tough decision on who's going to be the one that's going to close late. So that's something they're going to have to determine with these next few weeks here, who's going to be that guy, Perez. I'm all for for experimenting with uh, with Kimbrel at closer because, like like you said, you got a couple weeks. If it doesn't go so well, okay, cool. We still got enough time before the playoffs to you know to right the ship. I don't think it'll throw off chemistry too much. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, it might just be me just looking for something to pick apart my team about because they've been so awesome this year. So I'm just like at this point, that's the only thing I have to look at to be like even like you know complaining about. But I still <laughs> think that we I still think that we're in a position of strength because okay, if you look at this bullpen, you got Hendricks, you have Kimbrell, you got Kopech. I mean, come on now, that right. kid, he's a fucking flamethrower. And then yeah. Aaron Bummer. So I mean, there's so many arms in that bullpen. So come playoff time. I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I think so too, Perez. I mean, you got a good problem you got going on right now. I think Hendricks has been getting hit up a little bit lately. But again, you still got other arms that you can try out. So you're right. So nothing too too much to worry about right now. You guys got a really big lead on the next man up in your division. I mean, there's no one that's competition right now for you guys in your division. You all looking at other potential guys to face outside your division. So I think you all got time. You'll figure it out. Yeah, we just got to get our pitcher rotation on point. So, like, Carlos Rodon, he was out. He's on the injury yeah. list. Had a little bit of that shoulder, uh, you know, soreness going on. And so, when you right. have a guy like Carlos Rodon who's had arm issues in the past, he's struggled with injuries, you want to definitely make sure that that guy's getting some rest and they let that inflammation kind of wear down a little bit because we want to make sure that he's ready for the playoffs because he's been one of our top pitchers in this rotation. Yes, sir. Perez, he has been, man. And um, not having him... That's, that can hurt. But the thing is, you all got time to let this guy heal up. 
to get better and then come back even stronger, especially when you all look to make a good, strong playoff push. So, I mean, he's in the right shape right now. You all resting him up. Hopefully he'll be fine next couple of weeks or so. He's pitched like a Cy Young Award winner this season. And he's, he a big, and he's a big reason why I feel World Series hopes for this ball club. So definitely, definitely looking forward to seeing him get back healthy. Uh, one of the things that concerned me about Rodon is when I saw when he was pitching that the speed on his fastball was starting to decline. And that's when I realized, man, something must be yeah. going on with him. And I think that's when they realized, hey, it's time to get him on the injured list and let him get back right again. Exactly, Prez. Him at his best so far, he's been dominating, right? So that's something you do want to have in the playoffs, a guy who can dominate the game and don't give up a whole hell of a lot. So good luck with that part of it. I think he'll be fine, Perez, but glad you all take the precaution as you are doing right now. And they're doing it at the right time so that he's ready at the right time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, fellas, final segment time, if this city can talk. So I'm going to kick it off. And mine is going out to one Matthew Nagy. If this city can talk, <laughs> Matthew Nagy, please stay the course. Don't let the fans and the national media gas you up. We're all very, very excited about Justin Fields. However, you had a plan. Stick to your plan, Nagy. If your plan was to start Andy Dalton week one and bring Justin Fields along slowly, stick to the course. Justin Fields is our future. He's not going anywhere. But do not let the fans and the national media gas you up. Stick to your plan. Good point there, Perez. If this city can talk, it would say salute to the White Sox. And what I'm saluting them for is something that I've always given them credit for. is the White Sox, uh, what they do when they come down to their charities. They actually allowed their White Sox youth team to play at the Dream of Fields. And that's awesome. The fact that those kids from underserved communities got opportunity to do something like that. And I always got to give White Sox credit for what they do in the communities because they do a good job with that. And seeing them do this was just one of those things that I've seen them do on many occasions, what they try to do for people, especially the youth. So I got to salute that, man. I'm quite sure there's a hell of an experience for those kids. They're going to remember that for the rest of their lives. They're going to share those kind of stories with their people um, as they get older, right? That's what you want to see. So thank you very much, White Sox, for doing that. And keep up the great work when it comes down to the community. Salute. Great job. Both you guys, prayers a dub. If this city could talk, and I'm going to send this one out to Patrick Williams. If this city could talk, your performance, what you just showcased in Summer League, is how you can take on new responsibilities. You can evolve. You can be something greater than what you currently are. You can get out of your comfort zone. You can become a leader. If this city could talk, that's what we all need to be doing, is performing like Patrick Williams just did. And this kid's not even 20 yet. So if this city could talk, let's challenge ourselves to get outside of our comfort zones, take our game up to another level, and continue to be the greatest city in the world. Love that, D.C. A-Dub, appreciate that salute to the White Sox. I thought that was huge, but they did allow those kids to go there to the field of dreams. That's also an unbelievable experience. Shit, I'm jealous of those kids. So salute to the Chicago White Sox. DC, I love that one on Patrick Williams because, yes, he did show us a part of his game this summer, 
And it shows us that he's been working on this game this offseason. So I think the sky's the limit for this kid going into the 2021 season. Audience, we appreciate your continued support of the show. Thanks for rocking with us. As always, the show is brought to you by Crave It. Don't forget to sign up for that app and join our exclusive community. It's been a fun episode, fellas, and we are out. DC, gonna sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Chicago State of Mind. You can find this show wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow or subscribe to our podcast on your platform of choice. We appreciate your support of our show. If this city could talk, it would say Michael Jordan is and always will be the greatest of all time. The go.